So welcome back to 518 Woods and Water. Uh, it's Adam South here, and we're back, and we're going to talk hunter ed today. Welcome to the 518 Woods and Water podcast, where each week we will have interesting conversations about all things woods and water. Brian Cole. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And uh, Sam Tanner. Good morning. Good afternoon, Sam. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, late last season, like in the spring, uh, I put out a, a call on social media, and I said I'm looking to take on a mentee. Uh, I was looking to mentor two hunters. I was not looking for kids. I was looking for adults who are interested in hunting, um, who might never have had an opportunity to be a hunter and uh and sam you answered that call that's right and uh thanks for putting that out there because um without your offering i don't know if i would have had a uh, a path into the hunting world but um i appreciate you taking me under your wing and showing me a little bit about the sport all right so let's talk about your 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 interest in in the outdoors and hunting specifically where'd that come from um i spend a lot of time outdoors i uh I'd like to say I'm an avid fisherman. I fish very often. Um, for schooling, I went to SUNY Plattsburgh, way up north in the Adirondacks, and I did ecology and biology. Uh, that's what I studied. Um, and now I'm teaching biology at the same school that you work at. And uh, <clears throat> um, through student teaching, I actually worked with two fairly new hunters. Um, who would always talk about their experiences and their time out in the woods. Um, and I so, sort of started listening in, tried to get into a course, and uh, it was a little difficult out in western New York. Um, it seems like everybody and their mother out there is hunting. Um, so you got me into one a year later. So here I am trying it out. Yeah, so he's referring to Hunter Ed. We just finished right. up day two of eight hours each day yeah. to take your hunter safety course, and then today you finished up your bow hunter education course. That's right. So, and, and then Brian, your son just finished up his bow hunter education course. Yeah, my, uh, my youngest son, um, we did the hunter safety course last year. He was 11, um, so he was able to take the course. You can take the course when you're 11, as long as you turn 12 later that year. Um, we didn't do both courses last year just for, for time issue. Um, in New York, you can't hunt big game with a rifle until you're 14, but you can hunt big game um using archery so in order for him to get his big game tag this year he had to complete the archery um safety course so yeah that's what he did today he's having a good time he's out there now shooting his bow getting some practice in some more instruction so yeah it's a good day so two long days back to back um yesterday we were talking about your college experience and uh sam um to tell us about some of the you said your classmates you felt they were um a little on the maybe the anti side of hunting yeah yeah that's right there was a bit of a mix but um you know going to school for environmental science and ecology a lot of people are very um 
um, anti-killing, lots of vegetarians, and uh, they just seem like they're anti-hunting, um, yet we would learn in our conservation classes why hunting is put in place and how the Department of Environmental Conservation comes up with the numbers um, that people are allowed to hunt per year. So I, I understand the purpose of hunting in conservation, um, and I had professors that were hunters as well. It, it just um, it was a bit confusing, uh, you know, being in a field like that, and a lot of people were very no hunting, no kill, pro-animal. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad you uh, you reached out to me, and uh, we did a little fishing last year, uh, and now we're continuing this journey. Um, what are you looking forward to uh, as we, we plan our, our first hunt for, it looks like, October 5th, um, a morning hunt? Yeah. And uh, what are you looking forward to? Um, you know, obviously I'd like to get a deer, uh, you know, but uh, right now I'm just learning a lot each and every day. I've only been shooting um, a bow for a couple weeks now, trying to get all dialed in and ready for the season. Um, if given the opportunity for a good shot, I'd love to take it, but uh, I'm interested in getting out there, sitting in the stand, seeing what you guys are all talking about here in this <laughs> class, and uh, learn the tricks of the trade. So take us through today's class. Um, for somebody who hasn't taken Hunter Ed, or somebody who's maybe taken it years ago. Tell us, what are your thoughts on the course? Um, the, the course is very informational. Everybody should definitely be taking it. Um, yesterday, right off the bat, we got right into gun safety. And um, even with the mannequin rifles that we were handling, everything was very serious. You know, don't walk in front of the barrel. Don't barrel sweep in front of people. Um, hold it properly, hold it safety, uh, safely. Um, learn how to load and unload a weapon or I'm sorry. No, that's sorry, all right. A rifle. A, a rifle. I'm a learning. Firearm. I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, th that trailed into today also. Just learning all about safety and um, how to do things right. So then um, yesterday after we, we, we sat down and talked for a little while and uh, it turns out that was your first time firing a firearm of any kind. Right, right, yeah. I didn't think I'd uh, admit that to anybody, but <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, yeah. There were always guns in my house. My father owned guns. Um, mother wasn't a big fan of them, so those got shipped off to Florida to an uncle. And uh, I've always shot pellet guns, BB guns and stuff, but uh, I've never shot a live bullet and you until shot yesterday. A, you shot a twenty-two bolt action. Right. Um, now, let's, let's do a little test here ethically before you go deer hunting with a rifle what do you need to do more of practice 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 all right good he, he passed an accurate shot know that you're going to hit your target and know what's beyond that target and we're going to go out here after this this discussion we're going to go out and try to shoot your bow some more yeah. give you some pointers and, and help you get dialed in mm -hmm. um you've been shooting uh, almost every day yep yep i uh picked up arrows about two weeks ago Every single day since then, before and after work, I'm shooting at least 30 arrows into a target. And what's that range approximately? Um, I, I, move, I move it around, so I'd say in between 20 and 30 yards, but uh, it's just so satisfying. It's kind of an addiction. It, it's it, absolutely it, an addiction. Yeah, Brian can talk about an addiction with, with archery, archery equipment and, uh, you know, 
home maintenance. Yeah. Yeah, Get- it gets in the way of a lot. I set up a target. I, I, admitted, I know I've mentioned this before in the podcast. I'm relatively new to hunting. I started late in life. Um, and I started primarily because I got into archery. Um, Adam invited me to start shooting the 3D course here at the club. He, he uh, gave me a bow that I could use um, that he had lying around. And, yeah, I got hooked immediately. Like, after I took the bow home and started shooting it in my yard and was immediately it's, – it's an addiction. You know, I can't go outside. Even today, I've, I've, I've been hunting now for three years. I shoot the bow pretty much at least nine months out of the year, sometimes ten. You know, on the really cold winter months, I, I might not get out. But I shoot it year-round almost. And uh, – I can't go outside and do yard work or anything. I walk outside the house and I see the target sitting in the yard and I go grab the bow and I start, you know, slinging arrows at the target. Even if it's just for a few minutes, even if it's just a couple shots, you know. Right. But it's it's good because it's it's just like with the with the rifle, um, practice, 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 you know. And if you get an opportunity, put yourself in a situation where you can practice at not only just different distances, but try to put some elevation between you because when you're shooting from a tree stand, you know, it is different than shooting on level ground. So see if you can duplicate that in some way. Some people go on the top of a deck. Some, uh, who was it? Somebody today was talking about shooting from their roof. Uh, whatever you got to do to kind of just, add just that. be careful. The, yeah. the roof shooters. Yeah, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> uh, safety, safety first. I think that's yeah. Safety first. I mean, you safety. can always just pop a window open in your upstairs at three D targets. Bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, what's that law? How many how many feet from a house? It, de- it depends if you have permission. You have to get permission. Oh, if you oh, have so, permission. So your house is fair game. Yeah, your house well, is fair it game. It depends. If you well, live with somebody else, you might have to ask permission. That's okay. Right. okay. It depends okay. whose name's on the title, right? Make sure the window's open. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, you, you got to listen to a lot of different um, instructors today, uh, and, and they, they all carry a lot of passion. Talk about um, listening to them and their stories. Oh, it's insane. The stories can just go on and on and on. <laughs> and I'm sure you have plenty to share as well. That's why you have this podcast. Yes, we, we do have a lot of stories. And we're going to get into some storytelling down the road, um, sharing some honey sto- hunting stories, bringing on some people um, to kind of talk about the way it was. Yeah. Um, but those stories, hopefully, they impact you. Yesterday, you got to hear the um, the gentleman who uh, accidentally shot the Encon officer down in Columbia County. Um, he came on, and I, I hope he gave a sobering speech. And you, 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 everybody in that course uh, sees the you know the ramifications for making some serious mistakes. But gun safety, identifying your target, is is the utmost importance. And um, at the end of the day, that's what we're, we're trying to, as hunter ed instructors, hunter ed volunteers, we are trying to instill, you know, safety. We're not teaching you to be good hunters. Yeah. We're teaching you to be safe hunters. You, good hunting will come, you know. That takes time to develop. And, and that takes mentorship. That takes you joining groups. Um, Brian uh, and I, we are involved with a group of, of there's five of us that – um, we're the FF hunters and we, we just text each other stuff. We bust each other's chops, um, and we help each other. Yeah. And, and, you know, 
Brian gets a, you know, Brian takes a lot of ribbing from us. Um, but when he calls us that he needs a hand pulling a deer out, we're all there. Um, it's good and, to have a group of guys, you know, and, and I've learned a lot from these guys, uh, you know, and it's not even, it's not even asking for help. A lot of times it's just, you know, and it's any one of us deer down. And before you can even give any details, you know, they're already stepping over each other trying to, Hey, I'll, all right, where you at? I'll be right there. Or, That's because we want your tenderloins. Well, I'm talking about the deer's tenderloins. <laughs> you know, whatever it takes. It know. sounds like that's, you need that's that. cheap. You really need that sort of community to help you out. You know, I mean, it definitely like, makes it more enjoyable. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and like I said, the learning, it's, it's the education, you know. It's, and that's, that can be overwhelming for somebody, and, and you understand um, firsthand, you know, wanting to get into hunting, especially when you weren't brought up with that. You know, mm-hmm. you know I, my, my family didn't take me hunting. Um, so, you know, something I got into later in life and I wouldn't have got into it without, uh, in this, in this case, a couple people kind of like unofficially taking me under their wing, you know, and, and, uh, you know, helping me out along the way. And it's, it's important. I think that's something that you don't see a lot, you know, it's usually passed on. I think that's one of the reasons why hunter numbers are, are, um, you know, are going down because it's something that's historically been passed on generation to generation from family member to family member. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't see a lot of that. I mean, there's, you know, you, we had a, a story today. Um, I think, oh, I can't remember who exactly, it may have been you, Adam, but, you know, just introducing yourself to somebody for access to land, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times those other people with that access are trying to downplay and, uh, you know, the situation where, oh, well, this isn't a great place to hunt or there's already a lot of people that hunt here. There's usually not that um, welcoming. They don't um, roll out the red carpet yeah, for, for no, yeah. a new hunter with access. They're, they typically don't roll out the red carpet. Yeah, come here, sit in my and, tree. And there's and, some people that think more hunters in the woods are going to be less opportunity for me. So why mm-hmm. would I want more hunters in the woods? And I think that's definitely the wrong way to look that's at selfish. it. That's selfish. Yeah, it's yeah. the wrong way to look at it. Yeah. Um, Brian, as much as you think somebody's, you, you know, we're mentoring you, um, I, I want to, I want you to take us through, and I know you got a cold today and you're not feeling the best, but I want us to, you, you to take us through, uh, this, the, uh, your son's, uh, first buck and, and that situation. And there were, there were, you know, I don't want to say any, anybody else on your shoulder kind of whispering in your ear, no, just go get it. But take yeah. us through that. Well, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of, in this hunter safety course, a lot of, uh, emphasis is on ethics and and rightfully so it's important and uh you know when you get in the heat of the moment um you know especially you've been sitting in the stand all day you're looking for uh it's easy to take the the quickest shortest path to a solution to something so my uh my oldest son got his first buck last year um rifle season it looked like a good shot the deer responded um to the to the shot like it was a good shot he jumped up you know kind of buffed a little bit and took off um, laid down like 30 yards away we watched him um, and then uh, but then after laying there a few minutes he got up on his own and struggled to kind of move a few feet we lost him um, in the binoculars didn't see exactly where he went after he moved uh, we were able to glass up a bunch of blood where he first laid down we thought this thing it's done you know successful harvest um, 
waited about a half hour, started to proceed towards the area because with rifle, if it's a good shot, it usually doesn't take very long. Um, and we couldn't pick them up on the binoculars, so we moved down a little bit closer. Um, actually, uh, still didn't see them. Probably 30 yards from where we saw them lay down, but we were elevated, so we were looking down. We had good vantage point, but still didn't see them. Decided to even push a little bit closer and maybe inspect the area where he laid down. Um, and we jumped him. He had What he had done is he had kind of crawled to a small creek that was a few feet away from where he first laid down, and he was actually down in the creek, like just completely hidden from view. Um, he jumped, went another 20 yards up the hill, um, gave us another a good second shot, but we decided not to take it because, um, you know, this is a relatively large parcel where we were hunting, but there's houses nearby. So we decided to back out, come back the next day, came back the next day in the morning, started tracking the blood trail. The blood trail was pretty good. We got to a point where we were going to cross into another neighboring property. Mm. Um, so we backed out. I got a hold of uh, some of the members here. I was hunting club property. Got a hold of some of the members. Um, they came to help. Um, we had a couple discussions on should we, you know, what's the right thing to do. Um, and, you know, something that was brought up in today's class is uh, technology. Uh, a lot of us in our group are running either Hunt Stand or OnX. We were able to look up the property owner's name, uh, find it on the map. Verify that it was off the property. Verify that it was off the property. Um, and we went to the homeowner and asked permission. Um, and, you know, I know because, you know, you, you mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, you know, it's kind of split, you know, the experience you had even in Western New York, which I would consider kind of like rural New York. Um, there's a lot of a lot of areas out there where you think hunting is more popular. Um, it's kind of like split. So you never know how that I mean, you got to go to a homeowner and ask permission. You never know. And you always kind of prepare and expect it to be the worst. Right. But we went there. Um, gentleman answered the door, told him the situation. He was more than willing help yourself you know go ahead uh track the deer do what you got to do um so we were able to proceed found the deer um st believe it or not he still um was still alive even after sitting wow. overnight but he was he was hurt he wasn't going anywhere um we were able to um dispatch the deer um humanely and uh, my son celebrated getting his first first buck um, but yeah, the temptation was there to kind of like, you know, you're looking around, you know, nobody's here. What's, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Um, but it's, you know, that's part of being disciplined um, and being ethical is you're doing the right thing even when no one's looking, right? You're and, doing the right thing all the time. And the great thing, not only was, was Brian's boys there, um, and Brian also knew that I was planning to hunt Sunday morning with my son who, who was 16 and Brian's like, no, you go hunt. We'll go after you're done hunting. We'll come around right. nine or 10 o'clock and, and we'll go. I didn't, I knew my son, we, we didn't have the whole day to hunt anyway. Yeah. So Brian was, was adamant about us. No, you guys go do your hunt. Cause it was in the same area. And then actually the same stand. It was actually turned, the same stand. Same right. stand. Yeah, we had, I forgot about that. Yeah, we had actually and talked about it the day before. You, we were going to hunt that evening. You guys were going to hunt the morning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, well, you, you were like, at, you were almost like, I can't hunt. I got both. You, your wife was out of town. Yeah. Both boys. Nate was only 11 at the time. Yeah. 
And I'm like, no, get him in there. Yeah. Go to, for the hunt. And, um, and it was a successful hunt. Yeah. The, the next morning, uh, my son sat in the stand alone. He was so excited about sitting in the stand alone. Now, he'd hunted a couple of years. He'd already harvested a doe with, with the bow and arrow. And what was great was my son was there, too. And he got to see and listen to you guys. Um, and, and he got to listen to, you know, maybe the old school, just go yeah. get it mentality. And it was great to see <coughs> you um, really just do the right thing. And that's why today when you walked up, I said, you, you, you're you going to be teaching Hunter Ed soon. Because, yeah. Brian, you, you epitomize what it is to be an ethical hunter. And you've had some shots go wrong, and you've – You've beat yourself up, and you've been beat, beaten up by some of our yeah. friends. Well, they're learning experiences. <laughs> but you, yeah. you truly are new. You're, you're four years down the road from what Sam's doing right now. Right. And I, I am so honored to be your friend. And, and Sam, I am honored to, that you have the de- desire to, to trust me to help you. Um, and, and honestly, I, we're all learning. Yeah. You know? I'm learning how to encourage my kids to hunt um, as a father, but yet not put my passion, not to think that their pa- my passion is their passion and let them find this, you know, organically without me forcing it down their throat. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I'm excited that you reached out to me after I put that post out there. I'm glad you were here for both days. It's a marathon, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's a long yes. So, and, and now you guys are both sitting here. We're talking about this. Um, so, w- what are you looking forward to? Uh, I, know, I know you kind of mentioned a few of those things. Um, as you go through, what are your goals for the end of the season? Uh, well, um, in the beginning of this, uh, before I even took this course, I didn't have the idea in mind that I was even going to go out and try and get a deer. Um, I thought that, you know, I I just wanted to work on my accuracy, my precision. I wanted to be really good with the bow, you know, like I want to know I'm going to hit this deer in the right spot and I I don't want to watch an animal suffer, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to do it quick and clean. Um, But, you know, upon practicing, you know, it it comes pretty quickly. I thought that it was going to be much, much harder. Not saying that it's easy, um, but the guidance that I've had over the past few weeks, even I've learned so much. Um, I have to thank you guys at your Billy Mountain uh, Rod and Gun Club for all of their help, and also the people at Bow and Arrow Plus. Um, just they have been so accommodating. You know, coming in as a noob, like a little newbie. Um, <laughs> You kind of expect everybody to just be like, ah, this kid sucks. But um, everybody's been very understanding and always willing to lend a hand. So. That's good because sometimes the industry didn't have that. You'd walk into a, a bow shop, especially a, a specialty bow shop, and, and there'd be stools there. And guys would be sitting on the stools BSing with the owners. And it was very intimidating to break your way in. So I'm right. glad to hear that you had a great experience at an archery shop. Um, they're setting you up. You bought a bow from a colleague of ours. Yeah. You took that in there. They, they, they checked it out for you. You got fitted. You're adjusted. Your draw length, right? Yeah. They, yep. It, it was great. And I have all outdated equipment. And, you know, they don't mention that. The, the guy was like, this will do. You'll be just fine. Yeah. Practice with this for now. And if you really like it, come back in a year or two and really yeah. drop some money on something. <laughs> it's, it's a wormhole. Yeah. You can go down. Um, but yeah, so 
Um, good luck this season. All right. Thank you. Uh, good luck to you, Brian. Yeah. So uh, when are you going to go buy your tags, uh, Sam? Um, I'd, I'd like to do it early this week if we're trying to get out on the 5th. Yeah. So let's so get ready. I'll give you a couple zones for, for some doe tags if we're going to be hunting together. Yeah. And hopefully you get those tags. Brian, your son's going to go get his tags. He's going to go get his tags probably this evening, maybe. Oh, yeah. And my daughter took the course, too. That's oh, right. Nice. My 11-year-old. So, or no, my 12-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Just turned 12. So she gets to go get hers. Um, we have some more practice to do. I think we, we're still we're below 35 pounds. So I think yeah. there's there, – I don't know if this season's going to be in it for her. We're in the same boat. I'm not, we're going to get his tags. I'm not sure. He's not – you know, he's got a lot of – he's shooting pretty good, but he's got to practice more, and it's that draw, draw weight he's got to get yeah. – got to crank on. And that really only comes from shooting. You know, you have to mm-hmm. – and it worked with my older son – let him shoot, crank it up a half turn when he's not looking, let him shoot some more, and just keep inching it up until, hey, let's see what your uh, your bow's drawing at. And, you know, to his surprise, it's, you know, it's within the 35-pound. Oh, 34.9999. Right. That's close. Um, Is that close enough? Mm, you know. My scale's off. You can make it Who's work. checking? You know, well. it's a certified <laughs> scale, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, but, but, no, I mean, it's it's – you know, you, you, I want to make sure that he's comfortable and it's something that he right. wants to do. And right now, he's he's a little hesitant, he's a little timid. Mm-hmm. But you know, doesn't mean he can't go sit in the stand with me this year and just learn, learn by watching and experiencing what it's like to sit in a tree stand for a few hours and you know what the deer's you know activity and the deer behavior is. Um, so, so a, w- a week and in, in two days from today, uh, we're recording this on on the twenty second. So a week in two days is, is opening day of bow season. Um, so I want to say uh, thank you to you guys for coming on here. Um, Sam, I'm looking forward to this year. I'm going to be filming your first hunt. So that that's will be, be awesome. exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to film a bunch of my hunts this year. So that's one of my goals. And uh, next week, um, we're going to sit down with Brian Canzeri from the DEC. And uh, we're going to talk with them. So if you have heard this uh, and you're on Facebook, jump over to uh, 518 Woods and Water podcast and uh, drop a note in the comments below that what you want to hear or questions you have for Brian uh, or on the Capital District Sportsman's page where I place this link. Uh, Hopefully you listen to the end of the podcast and you're getting all this information. As always, you can find this podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And I believe it's also up on Google Play. Thank you, everybody. Be safe and have a great hunting season.